All right. Hello and welcome. I'm Mark Romero. Welcome to the show all about harmonizing your life, all about tuning the strings of your life expression so that you can bring your music, your passion, your calling out into the world in a more powerful way and therefore be a catalyst for transformation and change on the planet. Today, I am like super excited because I am getting an opportunity to sit down and have a chat with Derek Rydell. And I'm so excited what's going to emerge out of this call already. I already have those, I think, goosebump things or whatever you want to call them that are emerging. But before we get started, I wanted to kind of just uh, do a quick little introduction. So he's really kind of, and I would definitely agree with this, a new generation of a spiritual visionary and thought leader. He's the number one best-selling book and author of a book called Emergence. Hey, it's in our library. And also a secondary book, which I was just mentioning to him, which has had a profound impact upon our lives. And uh, he's just an all-around cool dude and very much inspired and connected and committed to helping people to evolve, to heal, to bring their authentic self forward in a more powerful way. And hey, in, these, in this day and age, I think that's needed more than ever. So Derek, it's an honor to have you here, an honor to have an opportunity to sit down and chat with you. And I'm excited to see where this call evolves into. Thank you, my brother. It's my honor. Pleasure to be here. All right. Well, you know, as we sit down and have this conversation, it seems like the world is amplifying disharmony and and not working and, and stuff. And And I know one of your really profound principles is realizing our source of power isn't outside of ourselves. Our source of power is within our own selves. And I guess my first kind of question would be is, you know, how do we remain connected? How do we enhance our connection to that part of ourselves when there's so much outside of us that potentially seems to be trying to take our attention away from that most sacred space within? Yeah, I mean, that's the number one, the million dollar, trillion dollar question. There, the, the, the bottom line thesis pretty much for most of what I teach and talk about is there is no human solution except for human and spiritual evolution, that we can't solve problems. Problems are emblems of a state of mind, a state of consciousness, just like ice exists below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And no matter what you do, pour hot water on it, what's going to happen? You'll get more ice because that's where ice lives. So you can't solve the problem. You have to go to a higher frequency, a higher temperature. That's called evolution. And so problems aren't solved. They dissolve as we evolve. And so, and if you look throughout history, the only time any real human problem has been solved, it has not been by technology. Let's look around us and say, yes, there's certain basic things like there's more food, let's say, or things like that. But it always creates way more problems. I mean, we thought that, you know, internet and social media and iPhone is going to make us more productive. Are we really more productive or are we more distracted? Mm. There's, and the statistics show we are more distracted. We are not more productive and, and all kinds of other damages to our mental health and all of that. So the promise about it's I'm not, I'm not against outer technology, but if you notice in most science fiction movies or stories, the technology is advanced, like just light years ahead, right? Many, many um, levels it's advanced, but humans have not. 
humans tend to be just the same. And now they're just destroying themselves and each other with better technology. And so we need to recognize that we have to evolve. And really, as a conscious intention, we have to be more interested and know ourselves better than we know our smartphone. And or then we know our the latest gossip or the latest news. You know, when something knows more about you than you know about it, guess who's using who? Right. So so know our know thyself is number one. And then number two is to thine self be true. Those are really the wax on, wax off of, of our personal evolution. And and my experience is that throughout history, the only big shifts in our human development have been some individual and then a group of individuals had a revelation, an insight of possibility, and they were willing to grow into it. In other words, there was an evolution, right? And the result was, you know, from Buddha to Jesus to Gandhi to Dr. King to uh, whoever the version of it is, civil rights and women's rights and um, government, better government idea, everything evolved from some individual who caught a vision and was willing to become the change they wanted to see in the world. Real evolution. You know, I believe yeah, I think that that's something that's inherent with all of us. You know, if we truly are these divine expressions of universal source energy or however you want to define it or label it, you yeah. know, that's something that's available to within each and every one of us. Absolutely. Why do you think it's so difficult for us to embody that and to really live from that space? I mean, it's a great question. It is difficult, right? The, I think the big main reason is we've been indoctrinated and conditioned and hypnotized from birth and for millennia to believe that the power is outside of us. The power is in mommy and daddy, then the power is in the schools and then the religions and then the governments, and then the power is in money and the power is in the job and the power is in some kind of external name, fame, or fortune. And the result is then if that's true and that's what we've been conditioned to believe, then all of our developmental processes all the way through our educational systems and family upbringings have been focused on how can I get more of what I don't have? How can I manipulate, manage, and move deck chairs around on this Titanic so that, you know, like it's it's all been about how do I navigate, manipulate, cajole, coerce, and manage everything external. Right. And so there's been very, very little training. First of all, there wasn't, the premise wasn't there. The premise was the power's outside of you. The premise of education is you're empty. We're going to fill you up, which is exactly the opposite of the root of education, which is educare, which means to educe out of you. The real root of education is you've already got it. Let's create the environment that educes it out of you. Well, that got, we got that completely backwards. And so then all we've learned is how to manipulate and cope and protect and defend and get what we don't have and hold on to what we've got. So nobody gets more and it's a zero sum game and it's a bunch of separate people and brains running around. So, so that's the first problem was we were conditioned and hypnotized from birth and for millennia to believe that it's outside of us, we got to get it. Right. And 
the truth is the exact opposite. And this is not Derek Rydell's truth. This is the truth that all the great masters and mystics and poets of the ages have shared, which is everything real is within us. The source and the substance and the power and the presence and the life and the law and the love and the peace and the joy and the beauty and the abundance, the whole of nirvana, the whole of the Tao, the whole of the kingdom of heaven, whatever metaphor you want to use, it's all the same. But it's all within us. It's within our consciousness. And so we have to start with, I already have everything. You know that old joke when you're in school and some kid says, what do you think you are? The gift of God, man? Some gift? Like, yeah, actually I do. And so are you. <laughs> um, and so we have to start with the premise that we're not on our way to a better day. If I could just get this or get rid of this, we're actually coming from it, from wholeness, from abundance. Like a branch is not on its way to the tree, it's coming from the tree. A wave is not on its way to the ocean, it's coming from the ocean. A sunbeam is coming from the sun, not on its way to the sun. It knows I am the light, now I'm on my way to shine. Right. And that's what we have to start with. And that's the great master teaching. And the more we can anchor that, and in history, the more people have caught that even a little and come from that, real evolution and human revolutions have happened that have overcome tremendous crises and challenges and taken us to a new level. And we're at the precipice for one of those now. Absolutely. And, you know, I often in like, in my work and stuff, I talk about, you know, the cosmic game of hide and seek, you know, we come in here with all of our power, all of our divinity, all of our right. extraordinary mm -hmm. talents, and, and then we're born and we promptly forget every single bit of it. And then at some point in our lives, hopefully, um, it's funny because I was laughing on your website, you were talking about the two by four and a quote, you know, right. you get the two by four or the gentle nudge or sometimes a shove that helps us to begin to start peeling back those pieces that aren't the truth of who and what we are and revealing to us what's truly within us, that truly the center of our universe is within our own selves. Yes. Yet we also live in a world that's trying to do everything possible. We were talking about technology earlier before getting on the call. Yeah. Um, that's trying to pull us away from that. What are some of the things that you do to get connected to that, to remind yourself of that? Because uh, quite often we can get detracted, distracted off on all different tangents and forget about that, that core, that center part of ourselves. What are some of the things that you recommend people to do to, uh, um, you know, embody that and live from that space more and more every day. Yeah. You know, knowing you probably many people listening or watching or however they're viewing, experiencing this have been initiated to some extent into the realm of believing that there's more than just what, you know, more than the eyes, more than, than we can see and touch and hear uh, because otherwise there does have to be some kind of initiation Again, we're just so conditioned and, and, and the idea of going within and actually building a relationship with our withinness, like, what does that even mean? Most people can't even understand that. It's like going to my mind, become an academic. No, that's not it. Going to my body, you know, and understanding that there really is, you really can go within and there is a whole dimension there. 
it kind of reminds me of the joke where this guy is outside of his house in the dark under a street lamp and he's searching for something and his neighbor comes along and his neighbor is like, what are you looking for? He's like, I lost my keys. Like, oh, okay. So they're searching for like an hour. He's helping him out. The neighbor is, you know, it's in the dark, but under the street lamp. And finally the neighbor goes, where did you lose them? And he goes, oh, I lost them inside the house, but the light's so much better out here. And so, so the, we don't like to face the dark. We don't like to face the mystery. It's really, really hard to just be with ourselves. As Marianne Williamson once said, somebody that wanted to be in a relationship, she's like, how can you expect somebody to be with you for the rest of your life if you can't even stand to be with yourself for one night? <laughs> and so, so there's that piece and that's, that's, that's no small piece. But what I believe is, is, is happening and is going to happen increasingly and it somewhat happened with the pandemic. It started, it cracked some people open. It started this rift. And unfortunately, crises and challenges often are what it takes to bring us to our knees and to get us to surrender and go, okay, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. That's why the, the AA has been so successful for a lot of people is, okay, I'm powerless. I can't control my life. I give up. Show me the way. And there's something about that that cracks us open, gets us humble, and helps us move back into the question rather than the, having all the answers. I, I said recently, the reason kids are so happy and young and, and um, full of life and adults are sad and sick and miserable is because kids have only questions and adults have only answers. Mm. <laughs> And so oh, no. I'm glad my teenager's not listening. <laughs> yeah, right. So, well, the, once they get in the teenage years, they start to have the, all the answers too. That's probably where the flip starts to happen. <laughs> but, and so you get back into the question and I say, the question is the quest you're on. It's an openness. It's a curiosity. It's an availability. It's an a receptivity again to life. So we have to become humble and receptive again. And we have to want real freedom and real peace and to really know the truth that makes us free more than we want to control and manipulate and get and do, you know, all the other stuff that's so, again, so conditioned, which is again, what Buddha was talking about when he said desire is the root of suffering. And he talked about craving and aversion, our, our constant desire to get, 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 or get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. If I could just get this or get rid of this, I would be free. Mm -hmm. And there's no end to that. That's the that's the the loop, the the treadmill we're on, the hamster wheel we're on. There's no amount of getting or getting rid of that's ever going to make us free. There's only a letting go and a and a having a deeper relationship with ourselves. And there's some practical ways to do that. I mean, one of the things we're talking about with the technology thing is. Up to now and barring big crises, real self-help or personal development or like really getting down to know ourselves, to know like really get serious about what am I? Why am I here? What am I made of? What am I made for? Why am I here? What's this all about? Rarely do people seriously contemplate those questions mm. because what they mostly are is, how can I get a job? How can I get a mate? 
How can I get enough money? Then how can I get enough money to not have to work that job anymore? And then how can I get my mate to be the way I want them to be so they'll make me happy? And it's just this never ending loop of trying to get all these things lined up. So we rarely only again, you know, we get old, we get have we have a divorce, somebody dies, we lose our job, something that takes us to our knees. And then we ask, what's going on here? What's really here? Why am I here? And what I believe is what's going to happen with this advent of AI and the massive disruption of technologies is that because of what it's going to do and the displacement it's going to cause and how quickly it can happen, it's not going to be voluntary anymore that we know ourselves. It's going to become a necessity. It's mm -hmm. going to become a necessity if we're going to make it through and survive and thrive. So, because, yeah, go ahead. Why does that mind part of us, ego, whatever, however you want to define it, why is it resistant so much to opening that up? Because I think, well, for many of us, we have that desire to get connected to that inner part of us. But yet there's that other part that's saying, yeah, you know, you don't really need to do that. I'm going to think a bunch of stuff while you're sitting on the sofa trying to meditate. You know, why is it that there's almost like a fear of going into that space? It's yeah. almost like the mind is like, oh, no, I don't want to lose control. I'm in control. You know, if I if I back off, then you're going to get connected to something else, that true essence part of yourself. And I'm going to lose control. How do we really navigate those inner resistances that show up that that want to get in the way of us connecting to this part of ourselves that you're talking about? Yeah, well, what you said is absolutely true. If you th if the, the ego is just a set of programs or, or, or the system software. And its directive is maintain itself. Mm -hmm. You know, maintain, as we're developing, we develop a map of reality and identity. We kind of map out the world. We go, okay, this is what the world is. This is what I have to be to survive in the world and get my core needs met. Love, you know, safety, security, meaning, purpose, uh, you know, all those things. There's a core ham, you know, ham, uh, core needs that we have to met, meet. And then that builds in a program that basically says, this is what life is. This is what I am. And this is how I can survive so that I can pass on my genes and my gene can continue to live. And the human species can continue to exist and eventually thrive. And so diverting from that or any major changes that we're not are not really worked out along that schema those are those are not okay it's almost like there's a virus antivirus software that kicks in and this is all the way back to the evolution of humanity where for this species to make it it had to change very slowly it had to move and adapt slowly so that it wouldn't let's all go this way and we're dead and that's the end of the human species so it had to adapt and propagate slowly so it developed this thing we call the ego and this coping and defensive and protective me mechanism. And it thinks it's keeping us alive. It's keeping us in line with the reality. So we don't walk off the edge of the world. So we don't die. And, and also keeping us alive so that there's a bunch of things we know how to do and we don't have to relearn them every day. Like how to talk, how to eat, you know, that, that thing coming at you down the street will kill you if you stand in front of it, you know, 
there's a lot of stuff that's valuable. But where we get stuck is that it also holds on to our identity. And this is why Jesus said, if you try to save yourself, you'll lose it. it, which is what we're all trying to do. We're trying to save our life and we get calcified and crystallized and stagnated and we stop growing. And what happens to a branch that stops bearing fruit? It gets pruned. Bloom or be pruned. What did he do to the fig tree that bared no figs? He cursed it and it died. Mm -hmm. So we get stagnated and stagnation is another name for hell. And we are stuck and life can't move through us anymore. As I said before, we have the answer. This is who I am. This is who you are. This is what life is. This is how life is. And that's it. That's the answer. That's hell. That's death. And um, and that and it thinks it's protecting us. So it feels so all that resistance we feel, the fear signals, it's not gonna work, you're not gonna make it, they're gonna judge you, you're gonna lose something. Those are all the antivirus software trying to keep you back from the borderline of your map of reality. And we do have to transcend that. And the first way to transcend it is to make our number one priority, continuing to know, but okay, I hear all that, but who am I really? Hmm. But what do I really want? Yes, I hear the fear, the doubt, the worry, but what do I really want? And you know it when you feel it, there's a light, there's an illumination, there's a de desire means of the sire, of the father, of the creative principle. So that burning desire within us is not a sign of something outside of us that we have to go get. <clears throat> it's a sign of something inside of us that's trying to get out. We're pregnant with something. Mm. And so, so we have to start there. It says in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Right. So we have to anchor ourselves and have the courage. Ask 100 people, what do you really want for your life? What's the vision of your life? And I guarantee you, maybe 90 of them will have no idea other than a bigger screen TV and some more money and not have to work. Like it's all just status quo. There's no vision. There's no real purpose. There's We're, we're in the midst of a massive meaning crisis because we tore God out of society and, 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 and Nietzsche said this many, many years ago, you've killed God and now we're in big trouble because everybody's going to now try to fill that God-sized hole with some other kind of pseudo-religion and enter the religion of politics and the religion of conspiracies. And so we're suffering from a deep meaning crisis. We don't really know why we're alive. And so we have to fill it with food and drugs and and shopping and internet and social media, and you can never get enough of what you're not really hungry for. And so that's what's happening, this apathy, this meaning crisis, this, and then polar, polar, polarization. Now, now the religion is our tribe, our team, uh, you know, and on and on and on. And so the beginning of healing that is we have to have individuals with the courage to go, what, what do I really truly want? And I keep asking, why do I want that? Why do I want that? Why do I want that? And you'll start to break down through the layers of sediment that the dust and the grit of the journey have blown over you. And you'll dig a deeper well 
to the well of your being. That's real well-being. You have to dig a well to your being, right? And then you have well-being. Or as I like to say, drink from the fountain of you. And, and that's how you'll ultimately know, you know, real eternal life. Drink from the fountain of you. And, and so that's the practice. And like one of my prayers has been more than I want to fix, change, heal, control, manipulate anybody or anything. I want to, including myself. I want to know the truth that makes me free. I want to be an instrument in a transparency of the truth, of love, of the highest good of life. You could call it God. You could call it higher power. You can call it Uncle Joe. It doesn't matter. But the point is you got to call it forth. And we have to stop trying to save the world and start serving what's emerging in us. That's the dedication. So how do we, we were talking about technology earlier, how do we leverage what can be a distraction, what can disconnect us from that? You know, we were talking earlier about AI. How can we leverage these things that are here, these tools that are available to us? And, you know, we know that we can use tools in a, a number of different ways to support this expansion and this connection and, and build some, some more momentum in this consciousness evolution and shift that's we're definitely getting the calling card to amplify to amplify the signal and to wake up more people how do we leverage these different tools that are available to us like ai uh, and be able to use them to help us to take our lives to the next level and get reconnected to that precious place within ourselves well the first thing i would say is not so much leveraging the tools as leveraging the disruption they're causing and are going to cause hmm in order to access your true AI, the ancient intelligence, the angel intelligence, the ancestral intelligence, the real AI of our being. The intelligence within you is the super intelligence of the whole universe. And AI doesn't have a, can't hold a candle to that, right? And so that's, that we have to, we have to understand a couple of things. AI will think for you if you let it. It's already doing it. You think you're on the internet and you're just seeing what's actually there. You're not. It's an echo chamber that's algorithmically being programmed based on all of your habits. You're not in the same internet as I am. And that's going to, going to be increasingly the, the case. And, and then more and more with the super intelligence, it's, it's, it's going to be able to adjust your behaviors and your decisions until you go exactly where it wants or whoever's behind it. And that's not conspiracy. That's actually already happening. So AI is going to think for you. You have to think for yourself. That's the first thing is you have to make it a point thinking, thinking out loud, thinking on paper, really becoming a real thinker, a real contemplative. The average person has 60,000 thoughts a day, and they're mostly the same thoughts they had the day before. The idea of a new, truly unique, fresh thought is as rare as the rarest gems on the planet. And, and yet it's the most powerful and important gift we've been given. The reason why the Bible says you're made in the image and likeness of God, because it means unlike other creatures, we have metacognition. We can actually think about what we're thinking about. We can actually expand our awareness, observe our thinking, and choose 
a different thought. But most people are not doing that. They don't have free will. They have free won't. They have resistance. They are in reaction. They are as much or more a program than the AI is. Most people are just walking around being run by the program already. So we have to create space. We have to question our thoughts. We have to think anew. What is the life I really want, the person I really want to be, the difference I really want to make, especially for all of you thought leaders. If you want to be a thought leader, you might want to have a new thought every once in a while, or be part of the new thought movement. You want to, might want to have a new thought every once in a while. Right. And, and you want, might want to lead rather than follow all the thoughts. And, and so, and that really means taking the time again, above the Oracle of Delphi, it didn't say make six figures, lose five pounds. It said, know thyself. And so making a part of our practice, really asking and listening and, and asking until we get answers, who am I really? What do I really stand for? What are my deepest values? What am I really here for? Who do I really, really, really want to be? What do I really, really, really want to do? And if I was going to be that individual, and maybe you could even say, who are the five people throughout history that I truly admire the most? And you might hear things like Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Dr. King, whoever. And then write down all the things you loved and admired about them most, their qualities, their behaviors, their message. And you'll hear things like, they were people with the courage to tell the truth. They were people with the strength to love unconditionally. They were people who knew where they were going and they were going to go there no matter what. They were going to live the truth in service of the highest good no matter the cost. Or they were people that spoke so eloquently, whatever it is. And then understand what you've just described is not them. You've just described a snapshot of your own soul because you couldn't see it and admire it in them if it wasn't in you. Oh, That's a projection of your light. So claim that and then ask, if I was going to be that person, how would I start thinking and talking to myself? How would I start thinking and talking to others? How would I start behaving? How would I organize my life? What thoughts and conversations and inner dialogue would no longer be okay? That's just a little glimpse. And by the way, for everybody, at the end of this, I'm going to give something away to you that's going to help you do a lot of this. So in case you're taking notes or saying, slow down, Derek, you can listen <laughs> to this again, and you're going to get some stuff to help you do it. Awesome. But that's the first step is we have to think for ourselves. And I would say the second step is, is you know, the whole thing that robots will replace us. You know, AI is already able to do many things humans do, and it's just a baby. It's going to be able to do nearly everything everybody does and do it better. And when it gets instantiated into robots, which is already in the pipeline as well, believe me, already, um, a lot of things that were also physically done are going to be done by AI, robotics, and all that. So the question, and this happened with the Industrial Revolution, you know, 99% of everything was agrarian, farm, labor, everything, the whole lifestyle of everybody was tied into farming in the agrarian world. And over a hundred years, 99% of that was wiped out. There's like 1% of that left. And the entire way of life was wiped out. 
The difference is it took 100 years. Internet transformed our life, but it took like 20 years. This could do it in the next few. So we don't have the time to adapt over a century. Right. And so if it's true that AI can do most things humans do and will, doctors, lawyers, you know, a lot of stuff, you're going to see AI pop stars, AI artists, <laughs> AI influencers. You're going to see whole companies of AI influencers that are being split test online to create the best influencers that can give you everything you want exactly, talk to you 24 seven, and eventually be indistinguishable from human beings. So then the question, and none of that is science fiction. Everything is in the pipeline. I've seen it. I've talked to the people. I've read about it. The billions of dollars are pouring into it. I've seen the prototypes. It would blow your mind if you haven't seen it. So it's all coming and there's nothing we can do to stop it just like we couldn't stop the industrial revolution. So the question is, who do we have to become to be irreplaceable? Mm. And one of the things is be so good they can't ignore you. Because believe me, real excellence is another thing that's as rare as the rarest gems on the planet. If you think you're just gonna get by, just punch a clock, just give your, give the bet, you know, just kind of get by, do what, what is necessary and basic and status quo, you will be left in the flood. You'll be washed away in the flood. So it's gonna require us to call up our genius, our excellence, our greatness, our sense of the warrior spirit, the quest, like we're being called up. And, and that means discovering what is it about me that's truly invaluable and unique and irreplaceable. And let me tell you, there is something about you that is that. I think also in that in that excavation process, but there's also this letting go of what's not the truth of you, letting go of those. Oh, who am I to matter? Whom you know? Who am I to dream or have a vision? Or I'm powerless or not good enough? And all these oh, yes. conversations that have been infused into humanity yeah. over the years, which I think is part of the shedding process. You know, I love yeah. that aspect of you know, uh, Michelangelo being asked, how did you carve David? I didn't carve David. I just removed the pieces that were hiding the masterpiece. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really up to each and what I'm really hearing. But he saw the difference was he first saw the David hidden in the block of stone. He saw the vision. He right. had a vision and then he was just chipping away everything that wasn't that. So he wasn't just randomly chipping things. He had a vision of the David. And so that's why we have to start with and have the courage to claim that deepest heart's desire and vision, that thing we've dared say or admit, that thing that embarrasses us or that thing, like you said, that who am I? And I'm that, you know, people are going to judge me. And, and yes, people will judge you. And some of them will be close friends and family members. And, and still, will you have the courage to stand up, to rise up, to claim yourself, mm -hmm. to claim that seed of the divine planted in the soil of your soul that only you have been given dominion over. Nobody else. If you don't cultivate that seed and let it flourish and flower, it won't grow. And there is no flower like you. There is no unique expression like you. Mm -hmm. And so, and yes, all those fears and doubts and should I, why me, who me, well, who me, you know, all that, 
what what I want people to understand is, I believe me, I understand that. I've been doing this work for over 20 years. I've heard that thousands of times, and I've said it to myself enough times. I'm still saying it to myself. There's still the vision calling me that I was just talking to my wife last night about, and I'm and I and I was afraid to claim it. So, but but what what's going to happen is we're not going to have a choice because the choice of of staying stuck in the story of I'm not quite there yet. I'm not good enough yet. I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know. I'll wait and see. While you're saying all those things, the tsunami is cresting on the beach. You're having your little picnic on and it, and it's going to be too late. And so we really have to take it seriously. Like there's no guarantee in the industrial revolution, many, many, many lives and familyhoods and livelihoods were destroyed. And and through the pandemic, many, many lives and familyhoods and livelihoods were destroyed and they're never coming back. And so this is this is an important kind of prophetic message that I know you're afraid. I know you're confused. I know it's overwhelming. I know it's hard. It's really hard. That's why few people do it. But I also know if you're listening, you know deep down there's something in you that wants to come out. Right. You know, deep down, you've felt the whispers in the dark of night. You felt them while you're in meditation. You have these glimpses where you just know you're here for something special. You are special. You have something unique to offer. And what I'm saying is that's been like this little side project for most people. Like, well, I'll get around to it or I'll kind of do what they other experts are saying is successful. And then maybe one day I'll get to the thing that's really, I'm saying, today's the day. If you're waiting for permission, do it. Find that thing that only you can do and commit yourself to being it, to doing it, to being, you know, like I said, thinking for yourself, not letting anybody else think for you, being true to yourself. Like this is imperative. We Go ahead. You're going to say something. I'm just, you know, to me, it's just like, it's like, oh, wow. You know, I need to go back and review my vision. I need to go back and find Taylor. Some, I need to go back and look to see where am I still hanging on to yes. some of the old stuff. Playing it safe. Yeah. And the time, the time is now. We can't afford, I think it was one of the messages that really came up for me this year, personally, um, with the passing of my father earlier this year and some of the changes and shifts. We can't afford yes. to play small anymore. We can't yes. afford to not be true to our essence. So you mentioned earlier that you have some tools, some different things that you'd like to share with people. I'd love for you to share it um, because this has definitely got my gears cranking. And and we barely <laughs> even scratched the surface of you know what's really going on. Uh, I mean, it's going to be one of the most exciting times, you know, evolutionarily, and 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 it's it's and it's going to be challenging you know we're not done with the challenges we're we're coming into what's called the fourth turning and there's going to be a lot of challenges so the the let me just find the um quick thing what i was going to share with you where are you there we go so yeah so they can go to i think you have the link too but yeah com forward slash ai that's right derek rydell d-e-r-e-k ryDall.com forward slash AI. And the bonuses I'm giving you basically 
I'm giving you two. One is called developing the character character of success. And the core idea here is that our conditions do not determine our destiny, our character does. Your character means the etch of God on your soul. Your character is made up of the habits that you are running. Your habits are made up of what you've focused on and committed to consistently. And that's based on your core vision and values. And when you have your vision and your values and you know how to build habits, those become like the new programming. That becomes your character. And it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. When you build the character of success, as Gandhi said, when you become the change you want to see, if you were living the life of your dreams, who would you be? And that's what I ask you in this training and help you reverse engineer, bring your future self into your present life and begin to live it now. That's the power you have. That's the agency you have. Not when the conditions change, not when your parents agree or your partner or your or anybody, not, not when there's evidence. You don't wait for the evidence, you become the evidence. And that's what I'm gonna show you how to do in the character of success. And I'm telling you, none of this is theoretical. I've been through all of the major crises and challenges most people could imagine going through from major divorce after 23 years, family breaking up, to my son dying, to losing a massive fortune in a, in a scam, what I thought was ever, you know gonna be my retirement and everything, losing a massive fortune, to my wife getting cancer, to like I've experienced all the tragedies and the challenges, and I'm standing here more creative, more inspired, more prolific, more on purpose, because of tools like this. So I know what I'm talking about when I say that no matter what you've been through or what you're facing, there is no excuse for you to not be more of who you really are. And there is nothing that can stop you when you have the right tools and the right understanding. So the character of success is going to help you get that. And I'm also going to give you the self-mastery breakthrough, which are seven strategies for self-mastery. And and it's basically having getting clear on your vision. And it's it's kind of they, these two things come together. So it will help you have begin to really get clear on your vision, begin to build those specific habits of self-mastery to begin to know yourself and have the courage to be yourself and to build that inner program, that inner mindset, that inner character that can allow you to create a life of long-term and sustainable success. So that's what we're doing today. That's what I'm giving you. That's awesome. Not yeah. one, but two free trainings decided to better, double down on that. Even better yet. And I want to thank you also for being an inspiration for us all to do the excavation, to do the inner work, to get in there, to transcend our own challenges in life and to get connected to that essence, that part of us that's our authentic self that's just begging to be shared into the world. And I believe now more than ever is essential that we bring that part of us forward. So it has been an honor. We definitely could have kept on going. For I want to say one more thing, Mark, that I think is really it. important. One last thing, because it's been very much in me is, you know, I've had a lot of success. I've written books and all these trainings and, you know, made a lot of money and done all these things. But I think a lot of times people think they have to get to a certain point mentally or emotionally. They got to feel like they have it all together. They got to 
if only I wasn't so afraid, if only I had more confidence, if only I knew more, if only, and, and we're always, we're always pushing it off to some idealized state of when I don't feel this way, when I feel a different way, or when I have different criteria or credibility or certificates on my wall, all of these ways that we seem to rationalize out of getting started today and believing that who we are already is the gift of God. You're not waiting to get it. You can't earn it. It's already been given. You're already it. And I just want people to know that even after all the successes I've had, I still feel all those feelings. I'm still vulnerable. I'm still scared. I still have a hard time claiming my full power. I still doubt. I still often feel empty. And even after all these challenges I've been through, you know, tremendous grief, depression, sadness. So it's not about some, there's no such thing. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane was crying and was sad and was like, God, can you get me out of this mess? You know, and he's like, okay, but I'll still go forward, but I really don't want to, you know, like, so like whatever we idealize as, well, it's easy for you to say Derek, because, or using you, Mark, because no, we're all scared. We're all sad. We're all feel unworthy. We all suffer. And what I'm trying to help you all understand and give you the tools is even with all of that, you're still the gift of God. You still are precious and valuable. And you still, I'm telling you what I know for sure, have something truly necessary, needed, uncodifiable by any machine that you are being called to deliver to the world. Even if it's just your family, your friends, your community, your church, your temple. And my, my encouragement is start today. And if you're doing something, ask, how can I do even more? And, and, and there, as you start to get the circulation going, as you held up that book, The Abundance Project, the key principle is the law of circulation. Whatever's missing in our life is what we're not giving, what we're not circulating. Because remember, as we started this all, everything is within us. Therefore, we must find a way to open out those channels and then let that imprisoned splendor come forth. Start today. I'm here to support you. Mark's here to support you. And don't waste any more time. Don't, don't keep your music in you. Well said, well said. And even through in the music quote there at the end, you're on, we're in alignment on that. So once again, make sure you go to Derek, D-E-R-E-K, Rydell, R-Y-D-A-L-L.com forward slash AI. The link will be in the description. I invite you to go check those tools out. Start bringing your light, your music, your magic forward because who you are matters. We all matter. And this is the key to truly transforming the planet that we live in. And uh, I thank you again, sir, for joining us today, for sharing your wisdom, your experience. It has been an honor to have you. Thank you so very much.